Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. <coughs> I was sitting in a room filled with doctors, nurses, respiratory therapists, and machines. My son was holding my hands. He couldn't breathe even with a mask big enough to cover his entire face and tight enough that no sound was reaching us. He was gasping for air. He was struggling and breathing at 40 to 50 times a minute. I was trying to pacify him with was and rhymes while myself crying helplessly. I saw him panic, jump from one side of the bed to another, and kept saying, I want to go home. I don't want to stay here, but I couldn't do anything. I couldn't make him feel better. The air wasn't going through the windpipe. I was helpless, praying that one of the medications that the doctors were trying would work, but nothing was working. Me and my wife were seeing our son leave us in front of our own eyes, and we were helpless. We only had hope in Allah and the Ahlabayt Then my wife came to me, panicked, and said they just told the nurses to prepare him to put him on ventilator. I was dumbfounded, didn't know what to do. I kept praying and then they asked us to please leave the room and wait outside. I couldn't control my tears. My wife asked me to recite Ayatul Kursi on our son and leave it to Allah. I recited Ayatul Kursi and told Allah, I'm helpless. Only you are the helper. The concept of putting someone on ventilator after hearing all the horror stories of the COVID patients going on to ventilator and not coming back just put it in a state of total mental and physical paralysis. As we were sitting outside, we saw the nurses and doctors take my sedated son from one room to another with a bunch of machines going with him. We didn't know what was happening. We had already surrendered to the will of Allah, just praying profusely for a miracle. I remember me and my wife reciting Dua Mashlul in the hospital waiting area. After several hours, a doctor came out and said he is on the ventilator and is breathing normally. For her, this might be a good news, but for us, it was just a confirmation that his life is complete in the, in the hands of the Creator. While feeling helpless, I also thought about how lucky we were to be in a hospital with caring staff, qualified doctors, and modern equipment whose only goal was to save the life of our son. With all the medical advancements at our disposal and all the comfort that we could have been given. But the feeling of helplessness and thankfulness triggered something that I want to share with everyone. I remember the story that has shaped the humanity, but very few people, including myself, truly understood the magnitude of helplessness till I experienced my own helplessness. This is the story of what happened to a 61-year-old, weak, helpless, defenseless person. The comparison of my situation to his makes me cry and gives me new meaning to the concept of helplessness, especially what he, the 61-year-old, endured. For me, I had my son in the ICU who was fighting between life and death, while for him, he had 71 of his friends 
nephews, brothers, sons fighting between life and death. My three-year-old son's problem was that he wasn't able to breathe. While this was a huge problem as he was struggling for his life, panicking and didn't know what to do, this person in the plains of Iraq had his 18-year-old son asking for a sip of water, but he couldn't give. Bleeding from head to toe, but he couldn't stop the bleeding or give blood. Breathing his last breaths in the father's arms, and he couldn't change anything. The 61-year-old father helplessly watched the mother of the 18-year-old son crying on the dead body and couldn't bring her son back or give solace. The 61-year-old helpless brother took the head of his 32-year-old young brother in his lap whose arms were severed, eyes was pun- were punctured, forehead was smashed, and was profusely bleeding to death and breathing his last breath in a state of extreme thirst. While he was so helpless that neither he could reverse the damage, save his life, nor could he give him even a single sip of water. At least for my son, at the age of three, he was able to get water and was not dehydrated. He was able to speak and understand my voice and hold my hands while panicking. But this old man in the plains of Karbala had a six-month-old baby who was killed in his own arms because he was so helpless and poor that he went to beg for a sip of water. Instead of giving him water, they killed the baby with an arrow. This old man didn't know how to tell the mother that he couldn't give a sip of water to her baby. Instead, the baby was killed. I, a regular human, took my son to the hospital to save his life. But this old man, the son of the prophet, the son of the leader of the heaven, helplessly kept sending his sons, his brothers, his nephews and friends to be killed because he was surrounded by animals in the plains of Karbala without any hope of survival. We were being attended by a very courteous staff of doctors, nurses, and other technicians while my family and wife were safe. But he was surrounded by bloodthirsty hounds who wanted to kill him, his household, his entire clan, and the clan of the Prophet. They were not only killing but harassing the women and the children of this helpless person. In our helplessness, we were surrounded by life-saving machinery and medical devices in a cool and comfortable environment. In his helplessness, he was surrounded by swords, arrows, horses, without any water, and in the heat of the desert. In our helplessness, I called my mother just a regular human being, my mother, to make dua. In his helplessness, he likely also called upon his mother, the lady of Jannah, the source of creation of the universe, the daughter of the prophet for help. In our helplessness, my mother was crying. In his helplessness, his mother was also crying with tears that even the prophet himself couldn't watch. At least in our helplessness, we had all the helpers in a time of test, but for him, 
the mother witnessed animals attacking her son and her garden, the garden of Alabeth, the household of the prophet. In my helplessness, at least I could hold the hand of my son when he was scared. In his helplessness, he had to take her daughter's hand off of his hand. And then this four-year-old daughter was struck when she asked for the hand of her father. When she looked for help, when she was afraid, there was no one to help pacify or solace her or give her water. This was neither the first nor the last atrocity on the household of the Prophet. This was Imam Hussain al-Islam, the son of the Prophet wasallam, son of Sayyidah Fatima Zara son of Imam Ali al-Islam, in the plains of Karbala, surrounded by the armies of Yazid and Ibn Ziyad. Before this, the household of Sayyidah Fatima Zara had been burned, and her son Mohsin was martyred, while Imam Ali al-Islam and their sons Imam Hassan and Imam Hussain were helpless. As I thought about my helplessness, it was nothing in the face of what was endured by Alabat al-Salam. To this day, we, me and my wife, have trauma of this experience. If we as simple human beings cannot recover from this trauma, how would the Prophet and Sayyidah Fatima Zahra and Alabat al-Salam recover from the trauma of Karbala at the hand of those who made Imam Hussain al-Islam helpless and forced him in this situation. Just thinking about this helplessness of the Alabat al-Salam gave me the strength to not only be thankful to Allah for the gift of sehat, but also be more sincere in my invocation of curse upon those who put the Alabat al-Salam in this situation. I'm sure that Imam Hussain salam was watching his children helplessly and his mother, his father and grandfather were watching, were even more upset about their son's helplessness that the enemies of Allah had made him experience. We always listen to and discuss the atrocities and difficulties endured by salam remembering these difficulties shake the humanity. As part of this lamentation and to showcase the love of Alibat al-Islam, we condemn those who push the Alibat al-Islam in this situation. However, there are still those who, that think that there is no reason to cry or be sad on these atrocities. It is part of history and we should ignore the past. One should only focus on the present and work for the future. This is because they don't feel the same type of love of Alibat al-Salam. They have not experienced the pain or they have, they're too engrossed in this life. After this experience and experiencing first-hand helplessness, I now have a lot more respect and feel the pain of the helplessness of Imam Hussain al-Salam and the Alibat al-Salam for what happened in Karbala in Medina, in Kufa, in Sham, in Baghdad, in Samara, in Mashhad, or any places that they had to endure this situation. And in doing so, I feel extremely disgusted and repulsive towards those who forced the Ahlabayt al-Islam in this situation. Therefore, now, every time we recite Zahrat Ashura, I have a much more profound feeling and want to curse those with ultimate 
desire and from the bottom of my heart who brought the feeling of helplessness onto Ahlul and on Imam Hussain and in doing so on Sayyidah Fatima Zahra and on the grandfather Rasulullah Khuda who themselves saw their son being helpless in the middle of animals who were trying to take everything away from him. May Allah help us and guide us on the path of Muhammad Ali Muhammad. Sallallahu Muhammad wa Alaihi